You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Praise the Lord. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12. Let's start somewhere. Anywhere we start, we'll meet Jesus. Amen. Now, most of the time, when we look at scriptures, the important thing about a scripture is to understand how it applies to you. A scripture might have been mentioned or quoted 2,000 years ago, but how does it apply to you today? How does it apply to you in Nigeria? How does it apply to you where you are right now? Permit me to read from verse 11 into 12, and I want the scriptures to be strong in your heart, and that's why we keep reading them. Let's read it together. I want to go. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Verse 12. For the, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. The last line says the edifying, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That means when it says edify, it's not just talking about um, making the church happy. It's talking about building it up. Hallelujah. For the building up of the body of Christ. For the building up of the body of Christ. If there's something Jesus is doing today... It is that he is building up the body of Christ. You read what Jesus said in Mark, sorry, Matthew chapter 16. From verse 16 down to 18. Then he said, I will build my church. I will build what? My church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The question now is, how is Jesus building his church? He's building his church through you and me. Help me tell your neighbor, he's building his church through you and me. Glory to God. So when we go back to Ephesians, where the Bible says, For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, this scripture is connected to the Matthew scripture, when Jesus said, I will build my church. Now, I discovered that I don't know whether it's the kind of Christianity that Nigeria was introduced to. Or the kind of Christianity that this generation was introduced to. Where people think that God is someone or something they use to just get what they want. Or salvation is something they use to get what they want. Rather than understanding that God has an agenda... And salvation is how you enter the agenda of God. Hallelujah. That God's agenda for the world was there even before you were born. That salvation is how you enter into God's agenda. How do we know that? John chapter 3 from verse 3 to 6. Let's go there. In John 3, we know the story of Nicodemus coming to meet Jesus at night. And they had this conversation. And Jesus was responding to him. He said, Jesus answered and said unto him. Who was he speaking to? Nicodemus. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Are you getting the picture? That means that God's agenda for the earth it can be happening, but that man can never see it. If he gets born again, he will see it. If he doesn't get born again, he will never see it. Amen. 
Next verse. He now says, I'm reading down to verse 6. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the, enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot, everybody say enter. Say enter. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, are you born again? You have entered into the kingdom. I say, say I've entered. Now, entering the kingdom is entering the agenda of God. Hallelujah. That's what salvation is. That it's an agenda you have entered. It's a program you have entered. We are in the agenda of God for the time. Now, when we enter into the kingdom, we have to understand how the kingdom operates and align ourselves. Amen. That's, that's what it is. And that kingdom you entered, it is God's plan for the kingdom to keep expanding. Amen. That's what it means by building up the church. The kingdom keeps expanding. The kingdom keeps growing. When you come into the kingdom, you know, there are scriptures maybe I should emphasize that will help us to understand that we have entered the kingdom. First Peter 2 verse 9, you know that scripture? Amen. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. What's the next one? A holy nation, a peculiar people. Alright? Then it says, you were called out of darkness. Amen. Into what? His marvelous light. That means he's calling that kingdom lights. Amen. Maybe I'll give you another scripture. Let's go to Colossians 1. Um, let me just pick verse 13. In Colossians 1, thank you. Who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into what? Into the kingdom of his dear son. That means we've been brought into the kingdom. The day you got born again, you entered the kingdom. The kingdom here is not talking about heaven. No, 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 no. It's talking about God's agenda on earth. The realm that God operates in, you have entered. Now the question is, what did God bring me into the kingdom for? Hallelujah. What is the mind of God for me concerning this kingdom? What does he want to achieve? Some people think of it this way. And that's what I want to correct this morning. Um, God has to bribe me to receive Jesus Christ. No. 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 There is an agenda. And through the gospel of Christ, that agenda is made known. Then you believe and you enter. Amen. When you enter the kingdom, you are supposed to participate. Everybody say participate. And most of the time, it's that area of participation that a lot of folks don't get involved in. Because the idea they have of salvation is a place where they come and get something that they're looking for. No. It's not about getting something. It's about meeting someone. Amen. Meeting Christ. So it's deeper than getting something. So when the scripture says, for the perfecting of the saints, he's saying that in this kingdom, there are some that God has given gifts to. And the purpose of that heavenly endowment is to help the believers, the saints, to be equipped so that they can do the work of... What's the work of the ministry? Service. Everybody say service. That's the work of the ministry. The word ministry, you know, so say, well, are you in ministry? No, no, I'm not in ministry. I am in ministry. What they mean by ministry <laughs> is that the man has a bow tie, amen, and has a briefcase, are you understanding me? And looking for who to prophesy to. But the word ministry is service. A minister is a servant. Amen. Hello. It's a servant. That's what a minister is. 
So when you say the work of the ministry, you're saying the work of serving or service. That means that this service is, is a work. <laughs> Glory to God. I know some people, I don't know why some believers don't like hearing that. It's work. Getting people saved is work. Getting the people that are saved to grow is work. But God has enabled us to do the work. And he rewards us for the work. Amen. Am I complicating? So when we come to church like this, my primary responsibility is to equip you, hallelujah, to do the work. Is to equip you to what? To be able to do the work. If you're not doing the work, then whatever you are being equipped with is not put to use. I remember in our early days, some believers would be praying and fasting, Oh God, use me. Oh God, use me. And we all pray those kind of prayers in our early days. Then we discover that, no, 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 that's not the prayer. When you step out to be used of God, He will use you. Amen. Am I communicating? Have you not read in scripture? Where the Bible says, the harvest truly is plenteous. But the what? The, God didn't say the harvest, the work is less. He said, no, the harvest is plenteous. That's, there's so much work to do. But the laborers are what? Few. You know why there are few? Because some of you have not joined. Amen. Let me look at your neighbor. Say, are you the reason why the laborers are few? <laughs> Amen. No, no, no. The laborers are few. Why? Because so many that are supposed to be involved in the labor have not joined. Let it be that this is a recruitment for God's labor force to increase. Amen. Then some people say, Lord, use me. Lord, let your fire burn. In my heart. As you finish praying the prayer, somebody is passing. He doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It comes to you. preach to him. Say, no, no, just use me. I don't know how. I don't know. How will he use you? How will he use you if you're not going to preach to someone? How will he use you if you're not going to be involved in, in church to serve in whatever team you're supposed to serve in? How is he going to use you? It reminds me of a woman that was on the altar. The story I heard from Ken E. Hagen. And she was praying. She said, oh Lord, take it away from me, Lord. Take it away. An old woman. This was maybe in the, in the late 30s, early 40s. Oh Lord, take it away from me, Lord. Take it from me. Take it, take it, take it from me. And the pastor came and said, what do you want the Lord to take? He said, this old snuff. Snuff. Some of you don't know snuff today. Some of you know because I saw a young guy with jeans with snuff. I was amazed. It's my great great grandmother and those people that were using snuff. I saw a young guy because they're all looking for different things to sniff. Amen. If they can't get it in, in, in cough syrup, they'll get snuff. I just All right, let me not get distracted. Stop snuffing. Stop codining. What's the other one? Stop trauma dolling. That's why you see, you cannot even hear the message. Your head is swimming. Like the service. You can't even hear the message. Amen. So the lady was crying out, Lord, take it from me. He said, What is that? Say this snuff in my hand. So the pastor said, Okay, give it to me. She said, No, let the Lord come and take it. <laughs> It's the same way you are saying, Lord, use me, let you Lord use me. Let. Then I say, that day you were even praying the prayer. After you stood up, pastor said, come. Um, I would like you to join the ushers. He said, I don't know how to stand for long. <laughs> you don't even know whether God wants to heal that not being able to stand for long. So people don't understand spiritual things. He said, oh, come on, usher. I said, usher. Listen, if your pastor calls you and gives you responsibility, God has called you. That's what people don't understand that. They don't understand that. And actually, that's not the work I want to do. If you give me the opportunity to choose the work, you keep choosing the work. That's why you have not grown. See ahead. You keep choosing the work. Choosing the work. 
Come, come and do this thing. Follow the instruction. Amen. Find out from anybody. You will first start, you know, let me use the illustration of Samuel and Eli. The voice of God to you might sound first like your pastor. Amen. But it's the voice of God. Amen. That's how it happens. When they were calling Eli and Samuel, 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 he thought it was Eli. Because it sounded, why was he going to Eli? Is the only Samuel Eli that were living in the house? The other people living there. Why didn't he go to the security man? It sounded like Eli's voice. So he said, Eli, you called no, you called me. He said, No, I did not call you. He came a second time. No, you said you called me. It was your voice. I did not call you. The Eli was the one that understood. And said, Actually, it's God that's calling you. The next time you hear the voice, this is what to respond. And do you know that until he responded right, God didn't drop the message. Hello? God didn't drop the message. So sometimes that thing that the next thing you are supposed to do, it will come through an instruction. Um, please, 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 we need you to join these people and do like this. You say, hey, in my life I've never done that kind of work. There are many things you've not done in your life before that you started doing. It's one day you started eating about. Were you eating about from your mother's womb? Everything you are doing in life now, it was one day you started it. Am I communicating? That's all in my, all, all my life. I've, I've never served in uh, this thing before. So, there's the first time for everything. The attitude is, yes sir, I receive. Amen. And you start serving there. You will see something in that place. Glory to God. Yeah. I mean, people don't understand that. Now let me say this to you. It is when we apply ourselves to build the body that we actually get built. Amen. That's the truth. You can be a believer for a long time and you're not being built up. Being in church and being built up are two different things. You can be in church, but you're not being built up. And it doesn't mean that there's no program to build you, but you are not aligning yourself with a program that will build you up. Paul, I believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, so I'll say Paul was writing to the Hebrews in the book of Hebrews chapter 5. And what was his issue in verse 12? He said, for when for the time, ye ought to be teachers. He was talking to a group of people. He said, you have need, amen, that won't teach you again. That means they were taught before. They didn't get it. Won't teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and have become such as have need of milk and not of strong meats. Look at the people he was talking to. He says, when for the time you ought to be teachers. That means by this time, this is where you're supposed to be. But because you've not applied yourself to what the Spirit of God is doing, we have to go back again and teach you those things. Amen. Am I communicating? You cannot disconnect service from spiritual growth. Amen. Let me tell you about that. Say, you cannot disconnect service from spiritual growth. Now, when I say service, you might mistake in it, you know, because the way we use service here. You cannot disconnect serving from spiritual growth. That's what I mean. Let's say it again. You cannot disconnect serving from spiritual growth. There is a connection between serving and growing up spiritually. I'm actually helping the people that are on Facebook that will put it. They're not going to write another thing. Better to say it this way, there's a connection. I'm already seeing how you put it. There's a connection between serving and growing up spiritually. It would be better. Amen. Because there are some things they even post. Even me, I'll be confused. Uh, which service was this? Was I in this service? <laughs> Amen. But they are doing well anyway. Amen. So there's a connection. There's a big connection. Now, one of the greatest things that makes the power of God flow through your life is because you are serving God. Hallelujah. So some people think that God's power is for fun. No, God's power is for work. Amen. It's for work. Okay, I'll take you through another path. We'll look at Colossians 1. Um, I'll focus on verse 10 and 11 of Colossians 1. 
In Colossians 1, Colossians 1 from 9 to 11 is a prayer. And every believer should pray that prayer. Hallelujah. The prayer was that we might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse 10 and 11 is my focus. I want to show you something. It says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Being what? Fruitful in what? Now, have you seen some believers that where they are fruitful is in gossip? Come, 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 come. Come, come. Have you heard? What I mean by fruitful is that they are productive. They have something to say. They have something to say. But when it comes to good work, a good work, a work that is profitable to the kingdom is the good work. They are not fruitful. My prayer for you is that you'll be fruitful in every good work. Now, it says here that, it is a be fruitful in some good work, in every good work. Every good work, you are fruitful, productive. It says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. He's connecting the fact that as you are fruitful, you'll be increasing. Amen. But where I'm going to is the keys, verse 11. And don't miss it. Follow me. He says, the prayer continues by saying, strengthened with all might, according to what? His glorious power. Pause. That means that the power of God is strengthening you to carry out the work. Amen. Are we together? To carry out the work. To carry out the work. And then it's also strengthening you to be patient and long-suffering while you are carrying out the work. Why does a minister not get to a point where he says he's tired? It's because the Lord is strengthening you. If the Lord is not strengthening you, nobody can do it. You cannot do the work of the Lord with your human strengths. Amen. If you're a pastor, you're doing the work of the Lord, you can even come up like I say, I just stand. You just see somebody that will remind you. <laughs> you. <laughs> yes, sir. You just, yeah, yes, sir. But because of the strength of the Spirit, you're not leaning on your emotions to do what you want to do. Amen. Am I communicating? You are strengthened with all might. Any brother or sister you see in church, week after week, they're on fire. They're on fire. They're on fire. It's not that they are superhuman. No. It's that they are being strengthened with might. Lift your hand. Say, strengthen me with might. Now put your hand down. What will you do with it? If you are not working, what are you saying, strengthen me with might? You are saying, strengthen me with might because you are working. Is that not so? So you are going to say it again and then you will know that you apply yourself. Say it again. Lord, strengthen me with might. According to your glorious power. So, what I'm trying to say is that you want to see the power of God in your life? Serve Him. Serve Him. Do you know why some believers have never seen the gifts of the Spirit operating? They've never had word, word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. Some don't even know what I'm talking about. Word of knowledge. Is it a book? It's a gift of the Spirit. They've never had a word of knowledge. They've never had the prophecy. They've never had uh, the gift of the sending of spirits or the gifts of healings operating. You know why? Because they've never served in that capacity. Do you know that if you don't go out to win souls, you will not see some giftings in your life. Amen. You will never see some giftings in your life. A sister went out to lead a soul to Christ years ago. And I was so impressed by that evangelism, that act of evangelism. And it's a sister that um, you will not look at and say, oh, this one is spiritual. You understand those kind of people? Should I give an example of some of them here? You will not say, I say this one is spiritual. You won't think that way. But she went out to do so winning. When she got there, a lady was sitting and didn't want anybody to talk to her. She didn't want anybody to talk to her. She said as she was passing, it something just dropped in her heart. And so she said to the lady, excuse me, I want to say something to you. And they looked at her. She said, um, it's like you're not feeling very well. The lady didn't look sick. He said, that thing, if you follow me to where I'm taking you to, you'll receive your healing. 
how did this girl know that I'm sick? She had a brain tumor. It's not visible. When they say brain tumor, it doesn't mean the person's head was swollen. Are you understanding me? So, she was wondering how this girl know. So she got interested. The girl convinced her to come to service. And she finally came. And she was ministered to and she received her healing. Now, the sister that did that had never had the word of knowledge in her life before. That was the first time. Amen. Are you with me? And it happened because she went to serve. If you see someone say, eh, I don't know why everybody, everybody, you know, the spiritual things are happening in their life. I don't know why my own things are hard. Start serving. You will see the giftings of the Spirit working through you. Because the reason for the gifts is to enable you to walk. Amen. It's to enable you to walk. It's on the field we started seeing those manifestations of healing. It was not in church service that I started seeing people get healed. No, it was not in church service. I was convinced of healing before I started pastoring. Are you listening to me? I don't want to mock anybody, but I remember um, something that uh, Alexander Dewey said. And he was criticizing some denominational pastors. And he said, all those people that are criticizing are miracles. He said, he had seen more miracles when he was not a pastor than they have seen in all their pastoral life put together. That was harsh. I can't say it, but I mean it sometimes. So, the point I'm making is this. You want to see manifestation of the Spirit in your life? <laughs> Start serving God. Hallelujah. It will flow. You don't even have to be praying especially for it. No. It will just start flowing. When you start helping people, God's ability will be released. If you are serving God, you are actually walking in love. Amen. Because it takes love to serve. Let me stay here. Next scripture I'm going to is Hebrews 6, 10. Standing with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. That means as you are going through the time as you're serving, God is strengthening you, you are joyful. Amen. You're not doing the work and murmuring. They say we should clean this church. No problem. No problem. They want to kill us in this church. <laughs> no, you, you, you shouldn't be serving and murmuring. You serve and you're giving God praise. Amen. And you're thanking him for the opportunity to serve. I want to say something very shocking to you. No pastor should curse his flock. None should. Because our job is to bless. The authority we have is to edify. It's for edification, not for destruction. But you know something? God has equipped your pastor in such a way that even if he doesn't curse you, he can deprive you of a blessing. Did you hear me? I'll give you an example. This young man is ushering. He stands here and he serves me every other day. Put your hands together for him. When I come to church, before I arrive, he's there at the car park waiting for me. And he will be here until I close the service. And then he will assist me until I leave. Awesome. I didn't give him the job. It's not me that gave him the job. Amen. But it's a spiritual positioning. Amen. Now, whether you like it or not, you might not understand, but we can do an experiment. And I like experimenting. He has been blessed because of what he's doing. Did you hear me? In other things, maybe in his business, favors, he has been blessed. I don't know if he understands it that way, but I know. If he begins to take for granted what he's doing, I'll say, um, Joseph, don't go and sit down. Don't shout for me again. 
If I do that, so some people don't understand something. There's a blessing we have generally in Christ Jesus. And there's a blessing we have because of our service in Christ. There are different things. Amen. The Bible calls it the commanded blessing. Now, because he's born again, he's blessed. But because of this work he's doing, there's another blessing. Amen. It's not general. It's specific. The day he stops serving, whatever privileges come with this service will not be there again. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? And that's what some people don't understand. They don't understand it. Now, I'm a blessed believer. Even if I was not a pastor, I would have been blessed. But because I am pastoring, there are certain giftings in my life because I am pastoring. If I stop pastoring, they will stop functioning. Are you listening to me? It doesn't mean God has not called me. No, no, no. As long as I'm not applying myself that way, those giftings won't function. So, I could deprive him of a blessing by saying, don't, go and sit down, don't usher again. You know, some people don't understand that um, there was a testimony that we shared on Thursday, you know. Some of you were here on Thursday and you were laughing. But that testimony is a deep one. Amen. Um, I think our brother Peacemaker was sharing about how, and he came, he, he was uh, an assistant cell leader, he was relieved of that position, and then he was now reappointed as an assistant cell leader. He said, he's back in power. <laughs> how many of you were here when he said that? That he's back in power. Now, it is not the best thing if you're given a responsibility and then you're told not to do it again. Are you listening to me? All right, It's not the best. It is good that when God calls on you for something, that you deliver. Amen. Are we together? Very important. And I'm not saying it to condemn anybody. But in case you didn't know, I'm bringing you a level of understanding to that place. That if God calls you, hey, come. Come and help me do this. Do it. No matter how difficult it was, do it. You'll be better off after you do it than you were before you did it. Did you hear me? 2002, December. Um, just before December, I was praying. And the Lord asked me, will you do something for me? He had never spoken to me in that tone about something like that. Most of the time, when instructions come to me, they come like, go and do this, go and do that, do that. But this time it came, would you do something for me? That means I had an option to refuse. So I said, Lord, what is it? He said, I want you to gather your team and go to a village for me. I've never done that at that time in my life. At least gather a team. I've gone for some kind of mission things, but gather, be, being in charge of the team, I've never done that. I said, Let's, yes, Lord, I'll do it. And then we got the name of the village and the place. We started gathering. We're not how we are now. You understand that? We started gathering people, asking for assistance. We carried clothes. We, we took notebooks, you know, to give to children in school from primary one to primary six and from one to from six we gave notebooks to all the children clothes and all and all that so we started preparing for the crusade and went there and people were it was a massive massive time amen miracles healings people got born again and all that and all that and i said i went finished i said lord i've done it i didn't hear any voice from god about that again until one day I was leaving the country and the Lord said to me, these doors open for you because you went to that crusade for me. He said, these doors opened because you went for that crusade. I was not thinking about that. I don't know if that has happened to you before where you're not even thinking about something and God reminds you about something. And that happens sometimes to me. A sister at one time um, stopped coming to church. And I didn't know why. I, I was praying, Lord, what happened to her? I was praying and praying and praying. And I didn't get any response. Two years or so have passed. 
One day, the Lord just walked up to me and said, uh-huh, about that sister, as if we had a conversation just yesterday, you know. This, this, this is what happened. So, do like this and do like this and do like this. Ah. Okay. <laughs> so, that was how this issue came. About the nations. I wasn't thinking about that. He just said, this does open for you because when I asked you to go somewhere for me, you went. There is a reward in serving God. And Satan will always fight to give you excuses why you don't have time to serve him. Whatever it is you do, you can create time to serve him. Hallelujah. On Thursday, God spoke to us about promotions in our transactions. How that we're being watered from heaven and that dry lands have become fruitful fields. What will you do with that word? Amen. Never get to a place where you act like promotion is a hindrance in serving God. Am I communicating? There are some people that are even in politics who are hearing the story about um, the former president of Nigeria, how that, uh, that was Obasanjo then, uh, they built uh, a chapel in Asurok, and he's there every day, as long as he's around in, in, in the villa. And he has time to do that. So, setting out time to serve the Lord is a decision you have to make. Hallelujah. Because you understand that service is connected to your spiritual growth. There are some problems that people have. It's not prayer that will solve it. Amen. It's not prayer that solves it. Some people think that every problem you have, someone should pray for you. No, no, there are some things you have. And you'll be told what... Imagine, okay, the man that was blind that came to Jesus. And Jesus spat on, on, on clay, molded something and put it on his eyes. Then he said, go and wash. What did the man say? Ah, ah, I'm with you. You're still sending me somewhere. Open my eye at once now. Are you sending me? He said, go and wash. I, I can imagine the man arguing. No, 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 I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm holding on to your skirt. I'm not going anywhere. He said, go and wash. If the man never went to wash, he will never have seen. Amen. He will never have seen. There's some people who say, sit down and hear the word of God. You know that the miracle is in that sitting down to hear the word of God. So they say, go and join the team and serve. There's a brother in church. He has been fighting to get into school. He has paid money, as they do in Nigeria sometimes. Bribe. To get admission. Nothing came out of it. He had done all of that. Nothing came out of it. In his frustration, he came to see me. And he said, in the last so so years, nothing seems to be working. I'm praying. I'm doing the human side. <laughs> he said all the things. I said, nothing's working. What, what, what do you think is the problem? And I said to him, I said, see, there was a time you were serving constantly. And recently, you've not been involved in anything. He said, can that be the problem? I said, yes. There's somebody here that was a witness. And I said, let's try something. Go back and join your cell and start serving. And you don't even have to pray about it again. Just go and join your cell and start serving. And let's see. I'm not telling you stories. He joined the cell and started serving. They called him that the admission has, start, has been opened. Just, just like that. Now, listen, I didn't pray for him. I didn't say, now. I said, just do what I told you to do. Because I understood what the problem was. There are some people that when they start serving, it will make them to pray constantly. They say, I've not been having, my prayer life has been dry. My Bible study life has been dry. It's because you are not responsible for anybody. Hello? You're not responsible for anybody. 
If I didn't want to pray, I didn't want to read my Bible, I didn't want to do only text message I will receive. Pastor, my stomach is swelling. <laughs> they say I will die next week. If I didn't want to pray before, I would start praying. <laughs> I just said to me, that's just what it is. There's responsibility. <laughs> Somebody called me once, Pastor, I'm dying. Speak a word now. If not, you will not see me again. Just like that, oh, you know. You are even the mystic. You can even be in a party. Hey, just hello, hello. I'm dying. <laughs> you understand? That? Then you you have to you understand that? What, what was happening there? This da 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 da. You, you understand? So you have to be on points all the time. Am I communicating? So the truth is this: there are some of you. The reason why there's a struggle in your spiritual life. Is that you're not responsible for anybody. Not responsible for anybody. Look at your neighbor. Ask him, are you responsible for anybody? Not responsible for anybody. He said, I had one brother in church. Um, um, he's been, his spiritual life has been down. He said, hmm. Why are you telling me? Said, Why are you telling me? Ah, we have so many this week. Eh, why are you telling me? And you hear announcements like, they have so many this week. They have fasting and prayer this week. Are you understanding me? And if you keep hearing it like that, it's not a good place to be. Help me tell somebody, take responsibility. Say it again, take responsibility. Don't think I'm about to close. It's now I want to start the message. I'm not about to close. Don't be, don't be closing me. <laughs> stop closing me. I'm telling somebody. Stop closing me. Amen. <laughs> That's what they were trying to do to me in the wedding yesterday. I, I, somebody, I picked someone's spirit. Like, I've this man of God close. I said, I will start now. Sometimes I'm responding to your thoughts. Amen. That's what it is. So let's start. When you get born again, come into the kingdom. There are three things you must learn. Number one, your identity in Christ. Number two, your authority. And number three, your responsibility. Can't you see I'm just starting? Amen. Ever say my identity? Who you are? Who are you? It's not that type where people are arguing when they have an accident. Who are you? You are you? Are you who are? No, 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 not that type. Who are you in Christ? Some people don't know who they are in Christ. So you must know who you are in Christ. Your identity. When you know your identity, you understand that you are not just like every other person. Sometimes, you know, our children are still growing up. Then they say, why can't we do what those people are doing? Say, because we're not the same. Amen. We're not the same. Why can't we? We can't do that because we're not the same. We're not like them. We're different. So you know your identity. Number two, your authority. You should know your authority. My focus is responsibility. That's where I'm going to. Authority. Your authority. Now, you know, that you can speak words and they will come to pass. You can use the name of Jesus. And in the area of authority, we also deal with the ministry of angels. Amen. You can understand that you have angels at your command. Amen. When we come for services like this, my focus in this service is to teach the word of God, minister to you, and then we go. If I wanted the service to be a miracle service, I know what to do. Amen. I know what to do. The angels in this service are just waiting for the command. So, okay, now, we want people to be healed. They say, eh, yes, yes. I can change the flow of, this, of the service. Spiritus said, if the spirit doesn't move me, I move the spirit. He understood what he was talking about. 
You understand what I was talking about? I've been in meetings where I was just talking, I came to talk to them. And I was sharing with them, talking, just like counseling and all that and all that. Then I said, it's like people didn't expect the power of God today. Okay, we'll have the power of God now. Eh? Is that what you had in mind? No, but as I'm saying it now, we'll have the power of God. And we enter that flow. What I'm trying to say is that you know your authority. Hallelujah. You know your authority in Christ Jesus. That certain things cannot happen. And certain things should not happen. And you make a demand on it. In our first venue as a church, Rumokuta, we had an issue where a fellow that is one of the sons of the landlord, landlord has many sons, decided that we shouldn't use the front of the church. All right, I said he wanted us, he wanted money, that's a longer shot. So he said that the land right in front of the doorstep of the church is his own land, while the one with church buildings on is his brother's own. So I should pay for where I pass to go to real estate. So I try to, you know, be friendly. You no, know, now, you know, uh, to talk with him. He's a church, he's that, that, that. He was just adamant. Making this very difficult, frustrating us. Then another day, he came and said, in short, he had decided what to do with that land. He wants to put a snooker board in front of the door. That's when he puts the board, we can't enter the church. Are you understand me? That that's where he's going to mount it. And he came and was telling me, he said, from here to here to here. We're just talking like that. As he was talking, I understood that I did not come here by myself. Amen. I did not. What's that pidgin English? No, be only me waka come. I, I did not. I did not. I did not come here by myself. I didn't walk to this place by myself. God sent me here. All right. So since I know I'm the sent one, I also understand my authority. He was talking like that, talking, describing what he was going to do. <laughs> he was not expecting that. I said, my friend. So he turned like, because I was kind to him just, just a while ago. You know, we're like, hey, how far now? How you day? That's, I was just very calm. You know, that's what people don't understand. You understand that? Like, ah, this guy is a nice guy. One day, I met someone say, he's a nice guy. I said, I'll do you something. When you see a pastor, you will run. <laughs> when you hear pastor, you will run. So I said, my friend. And so he's paused. I said, go and bring that snooker board. If you can mount it here, God did not send me. And I walked into the church. He just stood quiet. Said, "Ah." He couldn't understand where the vexation of spirit was coming from. You understand? That? He, he couldn't understand the change in tone and everything. At that time, unction had come upon me. Are you understanding me? <laughs> and I left him. And I didn't see him again <laughs> until a few years ago. I didn't see him like five years. Self, I didn't even see him. A man of God. <laughs> we are one. Oh. If I didn't understand my authority, some of you are petting this devil. And you are petting your weaknesses. Amen. But that's not where I'm going to. Your responsibility. You have to also understand your responsibility. Say responsibility. What's the first one? What's the second one? What's the third one? You must know your responsibility. Okay, what does God want me to do? Amen. What's my responsibility? There's some things that are not my responsibility. Amen? That's something that's not my responsibility. I should know what is my responsibility and stay with it. In Christ Jesus, we all have responsibilities. So serving God means that you are taking responsibility. And that we can depend on you for that. You know how you can come to church? You are sure that you'll be fed with the word of God. You are sure you'll be blessed. You cannot be here and say, let me go and see whether I'll be blessed today. No, you know you'll be blessed. What's that confidence? That means you can depend on your pastor and know that you'll be blessed. Can I also depend on you? Amen. Hello? Can I depend on you? Sure, sure, sure. Oh, this brother will surely be here. Oh, this guy on the camera will surely be here. That guy will be there. What can I depend on you for? Amen. In the other room. It's my wife I'm responding to. In the other room. So, where will you be? Can I depend on you? Let me ask your neighbor, can pastor depend on you too? 
I'm pleading with you today. Let us be able to depend on you. Amen. Ah, brother, this is there. Don't worry. Sister Soso is there. Don't worry. Ah, that sister, she's, she's on, ah, she, don't worry. It'll work. And if you are in a place where you've never been someone that they could depend on, be strengthened with might. I said be strengthened with might. It is amazing that people can depend on what we are doing. Oh, I'm going there, I'll be blessed. We were not always like that. I've shared that story before. How when um, um, I was in my teenage years, they wanted me to do a TV program. I've shared that before. And um, a family friend of ours, an auntie, um, came and she was working in the radio, a TV station, and then she organized and said, ah, be able to speak, you know, we need you to come and talk about something like a juvenile delinquency or something like that, all those kind of topics. They now brought me to the station, dressed up, like a teenager, all right. So, and then we got there, We've, they've been there preparing, 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 arranging, and they briefed me on what it was. When they put on the camera, I forgot everything that we, we, they told me before. They said, okay, maybe you are tense. They put it down. I said, yes, I, I, said, I was tense, I was tense. They put it down. They took the, this thing again, told me again. I said, okay, no problem. When they put on the camera again, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't blame the IG or police. <laughs> you knew we'll get there somehow. I was just transmission, transmission. I was just like, ah. You understand? I was just like, no, what I'm saying, you know, you understand? What I'm saying is that I was just talking another thing. <laughs> we are near the police station. Be civil. So, they put the camera on my face. I was just blabbing. Now, my auntie today, that my auntie did not tell me anything. My parents in the house did not tell me anything. You understand what I'm But I, as she now said, okay, she gave me transport to go. You can go. <laughs> you know that way I, I, I should go? Say, so don't go. <laughs> say, no problem, go. <laughs> then I go home. Well, before I left, they're like, oh, you're going, for, you're going today, make sure you go early. These are the arranged for me to go. When I came back, nobody talked to me. <laughs> I came down, uh, my room is upstairs. I came downstairs. My parents were in the city room. I came and sat by the dining table. They were just all watching TV. I came close to where they were to sit down. Nobody asked me how this thing went. <laughs> yes, no, no. Everybody was just looking straight. The disappointment was too much. <laughs> today. <laughs> Maybe I should bring it up. Nobody talked about that TV program. Then the Holy Ghost now told me you will be on TV. I said, hey! Not again! <laughs> TV! No, 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 no. But I saw God work in us. What I'm trying to say is that it doesn't matter how many times you have failed somebody. God can still use you in that thing. Amen. You will be amazed what God will bring out of your life. So imagine the disappointment. And we finally we go on television years after, many years later. And uh, but all that, of course, we're preparing ourselves. We, we, we preach and then the edit and all that. But I've never been on a live program, you know, where I was not expecting at that time. Until I was in Abuja. And then they said, AIT, NTA, or what was the, I can't remember which other channel, was coming up and they're going to be interviewing us. I said, okay. But when I came, there was nothing like that. So I expected that, okay, thank God. <laughs> you know, I come somewhere and say, oh, thank God, it's not even happening. You understand that? Okay, like that. I forgot about it. I was no more conscious of it. As we finished the program, they were ushering us protocol, serious protocol. You understand that? No protocol, just be going like that, going, you know. And we're going out of the building. Pam! This is AIT, this is NTA. What do you have to say about Nigeria? Nigeria! 
Just like that. Unexpected. As without warning, they didn't prepare me and say, we won't talk to you. The camera just came on my face. And the guy just shot the question. But as the light came on, Kabaye. As the light on the camera came on, it was like I was born for this. That's the only way I can explain it. Like this is what I was born for. And I just said speaking. And speaking. It was no more that 17 year old boy that was shaking. Are you understanding me? I was just speaking. And speaking. When I finished, I what did I even say? <laughs> we entered the vehicle, we left. Then phone calls started coming. We were in Abuja. Someone called me from Lagos. Wow, we saw you on NTA News today. I said, I was it? said, man, fantastic. My parents were in Port Harcourt. They said, we saw you on NTA today. Oh, this one, I saw you on NTA. I said, good, 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 good. That's God. Amen. And I'm saying to you that such stories will be told about you. In those areas of disappointments, where you have disappointed, you know, your family, you have disappointed your loved ones, your business partners, God will use that same platform, amen, to bring you honor in the name of Jesus Christ. Very important. So if you are here and nobody has been able to depend on you for anything, there's a turning point, And it's this service for you. Receive strength in the name of Jesus. Those pictures that you carried inside you, that did not allow you see yourself the way God sees you, I declare that those pictures are folding away. And that new pictures are being planted in you to see yourself the way God sees you. You can never take responsibility if you don't understand your identity. So, when you know who you are, it's easy to take responsibility. And what has happened to us over the years is that we now know who we are. Amen. I know who I am. Peter and John. Peter denied Jesus. When he came and said, you are one of the disciples of Jesus. He said, me. <laughs> Do I even know this man? I don't know him. I don't know him at all, at all. He denied Jesus not once, not twice, three times. Peter. And he was crying. He was sad about it. That same Peter, when the Holy Ghost came upon him, he said, such as I have. Amen. Give I unto thee. What changed? That same change will happen to you. He says, such as I have. Give I unto you. That means people change. People change. My dad told the story about when they were young and my father is a minister of the gospel. And they went to a village to cast out devils and the devil embarrassed them. You understand that? You know when they embarrass? Embarrass them. Come out, come out, come out. The guy say, I'm not going anywhere. But you have suffered. So let me just allow you to rest. I'm going. It's not the demon that is talking now. The person that is possessed say, I will go with the demon. Don't worry, I say. Say, you cannot cast me out. You, you cannot cast me out. And he's the leader of the team. You, you cannot cast me out. <laughs> I'm going. I'll carry my demon and go. You know those kind of low moments? Years later. I was there that day. I was still young. They were a, what they call prayer band in those days, deliverance team. They were casting out devils from a demonized. You know, they put that demonizer. When they open their eye, like, you will see the demon crawling in their eyes. You understand that? Demonized. And it was in the building. They were casting out the devils in the building. Come out, come out. Someone's holding because the person's violent. So some people held the person. Come out, come out, come out. They were struggling. My dad was passing outside the building. He was not inside. He was just like we're inside the building. He's passing by this wall outside. Then the demon person said, All of you cannot cast me out. I said that man walking outside there. And they, they cannot see the man. Are you understanding me? They said, there's a man walking outside. He's the only one that can cast me out. Then they ran outside and saw my dad. So they called him. As he came, he said, of course. (laughs) 
Of course. He didn't just say, come out. And then he said, imagine this same demon that embarrassed me years ago. Now he's announcing that I'm the only one. That would be your story too. Amen. Amen. That would be your story too. Hallelujah. Lift your hands toward heaven. Just pray for a minute or two. And talk to God. Pray for yourself. To be an instrument in the hand of God. To edify the body of Christ. To do the work of the ministry. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Thank you, the message of faith.